I'm Becca. And I'm Katie. And welcome Welcome to Generally Specific Topics Between Friends. Best Friends. Well, what's up? What are we doing here? Today, we have feedback to go over, and we will do so at the very beginning. So, my feedback was more of, I asked people, how do you feel about stuff? And everyone was very just bleh about it. They were like, eh, stuff. Yeah. I I guess I didn't talk to the right people, but tell me about your feedback. Well, people don't realize how much they need their stuff and how much they like stuff. Um, I did get a little feedback uh, from two of my aunts. Uh, One said, yes, she likes stuff and she has plenty of it. Uh, She used to have to move around a lot. And due to that, it was easier to get rid of things because it was like, well, do I really want to move this thing again? Didn't stop me those five years I was moving every year. Ugh, God, I couldn't do it. I feel like that would be prohibitive to me because I hate moving so much. Oh, no, it's bad. But uh, now she lives in a relatively small, I would say, New England-style home. So she says that helps her keep her stuff to a reasonable level. Um, And my other aunt also gave us feedback about stuff. Uh, She said that she likes homes that look a little more lived in, which I've always thought she has a very beautiful home. Um, Oh, it's gorgeous. Yeah. But it is not, like, barren. It's a very, like, well-curated collection of things that are beautiful that go together Mm -hmm. and have some sort of, like, visual story to tell. Yeah, so definitely not minimalist, but I would say well-considered, well-decorated. Yes. Which I feel like would be the goal for me. I don't think I'm ever going to pull off the minimalist look, but if I can have a nice, well-decorated space where things at least somewhat go together, I think I'll be happy. See, and I still have this dream where I want to shove all my clutter in one room, and that'll be my, like, crazy room, and the rest of the house will be so easy to clean. I mean, there's that. (laughs) But what about the pretty thing that you want to see every day? It'll be in the room where I do all my work. Okay, so... The rest of the house is just for show. (laughs) Is this the house we're going to live in together? Because if so, do I get my own crazy room? Where does all of my stuff go? It goes in your bedroom. (laughs) Yeah, see, I don't know. (laughs) We're going to have to see how big this house is. We are. Um... And yes, this aunt, she also likes to decorate or to collect things. She has a few things that she collects, but overall, not super duper attached to the stuff. She was interested in the hoarders TV show. The YouTube channel. Yeah, the YouTube show. So we will be sending that out. Um, If you just Google or look up on YouTube, we bought a hoarder house. I think it's the first one that pops up. Part one. There are 16 parts. Mm -hmm. If anyone else is interested, we watched them all. It was not super, like, it wasn't cut super well because there was a lot of, like, dead time that was, you know, so you don't have to pay super close attention to it. But anytime he gets excited about something, then you can pay attention again. Yeah, I would say it was pleasant background noise and then occasionally exciting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was great. All right, so... 
another thing we wanted to touch on from our last episode, you remember the pea carpet fiasco. Yes. And well, we have avenged trash furniture. Yeah, you might have heard that pea carpet episode and thought, why would anyone go after trash furniture? And I had a thought about the pea carpet. It might have also been a water damaged carpet from one of the other buildings that had flooding. And that would also explain the smell. Except for the strong pee. It didn't smell like pee to me. It smelled like pee to other people. We're over the pee carpet, but... (laughs) But, so we went to go drop off recycling, and what should we see by the garbage can but a bunch of furniture? (laughs) Yeah. And not just any furniture, some primo stuff. Uh Uh-huh, so we had to check it all out. And we got a Ikea desk, a TV... And a headboard. And a headboard. So now we have a TV in every room of the apartment. Yeah, this is this is the second trash TV. They're about the same size. Yeah, and in good working order. Good working order. People just upgraded their TVs, and TVs are so cheap now, you know, that, like, I mean, you could try and sell this mid-sized TV, but... But it's almost not worth the trouble. Yeah, and apparently for two people around us, it was not worth the trouble, so... So we got free TVs. Free TVs. This desk is the $80 Ikea desk. It still had the user manual with it, so we know it's called a Mickey Mickey. desk. Yeah, and it's really nice. Now, funny story about that. The people who threw it out maybe didn't like it because they put the drawers in wrong and crooked. Yeah, so they didn't pull in and out right. But we, after a few minutes of looking at it... I was like, I think they they accidentally swapped two uh-huh. of the pieces on the desk and so we swapped them back and now the drawers are perfect yeah perfect working condition brand new desk they just didn't assemble it right yeah and i got the headboard thinking it was a full-size headboard surprise it's a queen headboard so i'm just gonna hold on to it for the next mm, five to ten years until i buy a queen size bed yeah and the headboard is also brand new i mean Unless something weird's going on, your headboard isn't going to get super dirty. So, and we did look at it with a microscope. Yes, and it's bed it's, bugs are real. Yeah, we check we check these items pretty carefully because we're as paranoid as any normal person should be. I also put the headboard in a like ziplocked giant mattress bag, so yeah, so I, it's wrapped up. It's wrapped up, and I'm not going to be using it for years probably. So, if there was anything on it, it'll be dead by the time I, I get around to unwrapping it <laughs> yes and woo free headboard i i was heckin excited <laughs> i don't know about you i'm super hyped for that desk it's something i would probably buy for myself if i had you know an extra 80 dollars and i needed a desk and had room for it yeah <laughs> so it's just a good basic piece and it goes with our other stuff yeah mm-hmm. and the headboard is Similar, very nice, neutral color, mm-hmm. big-ish. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I reiterate that I'm all for trash furniture. Yeah. Trash you, furniture worth the risk. Yeah. You win some, you lose some. You got to play the game to yeah. win the game. You got to play the game to win the game. We've had, we've had some losses, but at the end of the day, you just put it back outside and someone <laughs> else takes it from where you got it from. We like trash. Yeah. We like trash. We are trash. Whatever. Oh, yeah. And one more thing we were going to talk about along the realm of stuff that we did not cover last time. Scrapbooking. 
which is where you keep little pieces of trash. Yeah, you keep the little pieces of trash. significant to something you did. Yeah. I'm all for scrapbooking. I got my first scrapbook as a Christmas present. It's Lisa Frank, if that tells you anything, when I was probably in like late elementary school. Mm. I got a kit that had the scissors and all the stickers and the big binder and the pages. Ew. So that was my first scrapbook. And I have since filled it up and I have two or three more that are full <laughs> or halfway full. And yeah, so those are some unique sentimental items that I guess I would also hopefully like to save and keep and cherish. Yeah, I I wouldn't say I was anti-scrapbook, but I didn't, you know, grow up in a household where it was particularly encouraged. So I got my first scrapbook a few years ago. And it's nice because it's like, you don't want to, when you get home from the really cool concert, you don't want to immediately throw away that concert ticket. But unless you have a designated spot for it, it is eventually just trash. Mm-hmm. So if you want to have these little keepsakes, you have to have a destination for them. Yes. Uh, also, I think it's great with traveling. I really enjoyed on my road trip thinking like, you know, I could spend the money on a few souvenirs here or there, or I could get like this free road map, this free like <laughs> thing from this place that I stopped at. You can get a lot of stuff for free. I like that better because nobody, I mean, unless you're a magnet person or unless you're a shot glass person, like these little tchotchke things you get from places are just garbage. Yeah. They're ugly and weird <laughs> and like. You don't want to what display your li- little tiny wooden animal figurine that you got from whatever. Like maybe you don't. I don't. I'd I'd rather just take all the tickets and all the bracelets and all the little cards and things and just glue them all together. And yeah. Remember. And then you can make someone sit down and go through your trip. That's the other good thing. You know how we like to show people stuff? That's what Uh scrapbooks are for. Just for showing people stuff. It's for showing people your stuff and describing it to them in detail. And to look back on when you want to reminisce about your stuff and the things you did. Yes. Like, I have every high school ID and driver's license, learner's permit ID Mm -hmm. things. That's fun. It is. And all the movie ticket stubs from, like, high school. I started collecting them in high school. So I have some really old movie Starplex cinema. You also have all the, like, photo booth. Photo photo booth photos. Like, a million of them that I try Mm -hmm. and take with every person who's important to me. And only so many of them can go on the fridge, so they are also going to go in the scrapbook. Yeah. So that was sort of in summation of our stuff and things, ending it with literal trash that we keep and, you know, file away for later. I think the moral of the story is it's okay to keep trash if you have a space designated for the trash. Mm -hmm. And the space is not the oceans. Yep, it's not. I mean, that's another point one of my aunts was making was the problem with our stuff center The consumerism. Yeah, the consumerism, the mass production of all this crap that people don't need. The islands of trash. Yeah, we're making trash islands and that's not good. We're killing the planet. And you know what that makes me sad? It makes me afraid. <laughs> afraid of what? I'm afraid of what we're doing to our planet. I'm fearful. I'm so fearful I could, I don't know, talk about fear for 
two to three episodes. Oh. Two to three whole episodes? You know what? Yeah. I think I could as well. Yeah. So. Hey, let's do it. New general topic. New general topic. Fear. Fear. The fear factor. Ugh. Nope. Not that one. <laughs> this is a different one. Oh. Yeah. So we're just going to like slide right in on on the new topic. The new let's topic. get this one started. Up. Yeah. We'll get this one started. We'll go over our personal fears, even though by now I'm sure you've heard it at least a few times from each of us, what we're actually afraid of. But yeah. I can, I'm afraid of a lot. I could, I could go on. Yeah. <laughs> I could really. It comes up. We all have things that make us uneasy and anxious and fearful. And then some of us have full on phobias. Yeah. The anxiety and phobias that yeah. people live with. So definitely want to address phobias versus fears once I have some time to do a little research. Yeah. But I think for now, we'll just talk about what are we afraid of? What are we afraid of? Okay. So you guys know I'm afraid of whales, specifically killer whales, also dolphins a little bit. Um, Listen back to previous episodes if you want to know why or how. Anything that elicits SeaWorld. Yeah. So those are the fears. Not sharks. I love sharks. Mm Mm-hmm. yeah, the open ocean, I guess. The open ocean is scary. Yeah, I would say most people are a little scared because you yeah. you can and will die very quickly. Yeah, if you're just out there. If you're just out there, there's a lot of things that could go wrong that would be hard to fix. Yeah, I mean, I, I love whales. I think ocean life is beautiful. But if I was out in the open ocean with nothing and no one, I'd be pretty freaked out. I went snorkeling a few years ago for the first time and my mistake was we did it when I got off the plane so I wasn't wearing contacts so I wore the goggles without glasses or contacts Mm, you couldn't see any and I couldn't see clearly so it looked like I was just floating above this giant room with things in it and that freaked me out for like a second (laughs) because I was like floating maybe 15 feet up off of the floor of the like Mm -hmm. seabed it wasn't super deep water or anything but being so crystal clear and seeing all the way to the bottom it felt like i was like floating and that freaked me out for a second and then i got used to it oh well see i did a little snorkeling and my problem was that the water was not deep enough we were right there and it was maybe three or four feet deep and I was like well don't don't kick the coral a because it's beautiful b because some of it's poisonous and I was just like I'm in this cramped space I'm not supposed to be in I felt like I was barging in on the nature Mm -hmm. in a space I wasn't supposed to be yeah when we went to like this special spot out near some sandbars or some I don't know something farther out we had to go there on a boat we did, like, yeah, there were some spots where it was a little too shallow, and I had to, like, watch where I was at, or I'd, like, get too close and have to, like, slowly try and back away without flopping fins on anything. Yeah, just scoot back in the water. That's easy. Also, like, there was jellyfish. Yeah. One of them floated right in front of my face, and it scared the crap out of me. <laughs> and then I got that mysterious rash. I, I touched a coral or something, and mm-hmm. I had a super rash for, like, a few months. Yeah. It was a little intense looking. It was very itchy. So there's stuff in the ocean that we don't understand. (laughs) And stuff that we do understand, and it's not great. All of it is not great. Well, we have a healthy respect and fear for the ocean life. Yeah. Remember, fear is your body and lizard brain's way of telling you that something is wrong or dangerous. Yeah, it's there to protect you. You have that flight or fight response. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And that is supposed to save you. Yes. And so it is healthy to be afraid of things to a certain extent. Like most mm-hmm. people are afraid of snakes and spiders and mm-hmm. other things that could be venomous or things like that. So yeah. it makes sense. Well, snakes are my big fear. That's the one I've had like recurring nightmares about since I was a small child. Just snakes. Snakes where they shouldn't be. Too many snakes. Snakes just popping up wherever. House full of snakes. That's so interesting because I like snakes and I don't know if I've ever seen a snake in my dream. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. (laughs) See, I would love to have a whale dream. (laughs) I think it'd be magical. I've gotten to the point where I have whale dreams where I can sit and watch a like whale show like SeaWorld or something or Mm -hmm. see them in the ocean. And so now I can talk to myself in my dream and be like, this is a dream. It's fine. Or I'll be like, I shouldn't be dreaming about water because it's going to freak me out. So I'm going to get out of the water. Yeah. (laughs) Like I'm now it's taken me years. But now I can just be like, "Mm, no, let's not do this. Yes. Katie has the power over her subconscious mind. Yes. (laughs) In my dreams, at least. What else are we afraid of besides the the ones we've talked about before? What else are you afraid of? Maybe something more logical? Um, Because here on the second floor where we live, you don't have to be afraid of the snakes. I'm still afraid of the snakes up here, (laughs) let's be honest. Um, I don't know about logical, maybe more abstract. I'm afraid of failure. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm afraid of being perceived a certain way. Me too. Yeah, so, but that's more like societal, social fears, I guess. Yeah, those are a big one, though. Those are the ones that I'd say take over most people's lives is the fear and anxiety along with social, bad social things. Yeah, I don't know. To me, I feel like there's, like, I would categorize those as, like, stress or anxiety-driven and Mm -hmm. not like a, oh, I'm fearful of that. (laughs) It's not the jump scare of your life. It's the... failure. Yeah, it's the lingering, pressing weight. Yes. Fear. I get that. I... I definitely have a fear of, like, doing things wrong Mm -hmm. or making mistakes freak me out. Yeah, we're not used to being bad at things. Yeah, we're not used to being bad at things or doing things that are bad. Mm -hmm. And so, like, the few times I've accidentally done something bad or, you know, been thoughtless and done something the wrong way or made a mistake, it's like... (laughs) You know, like it's upsetting. It's upsetting and anxiety. And I don't know, I'll take I think I'll take the fear over the anxiety because the anxiety lingers so much more than just. Yeah. Fear. Well, I feel like the anxiety is more like these are real life things. I'm scared of snakes. I don't like snakes, but I know how to avoid snakes. (laughs) I I haven't figured out how to, you know, avoid all failures in life. (laughs) True. It is ever-present. Ugh. Ugh. Okay, what am I afraid of? I'm afraid of, like, pain, I guess. No, this is a fun story. Um, Whenever I was still in the classroom, we had these journal entries that... um, As a teacher or as a student? Oh, as a teacher. Okay. As a teacher, I had my kids, and this was a big chunk of their final grade, was to do these journal entries where they had to, like, draw and write and collage and paint Mm -hmm. on a a paper over a given theme. And one of my favorite ones was, what are you afraid of? And without fail, every single time, some smart aleck 
tough guy. Remember, this is ninth and tenth grade. So, yeah. fourteen to sixteen year old guy would be like, "I'm not afraid of nothing." And I'd be like, "Yeah, are you afraid to see your family burn to death while you watch?" I I probably shouldn't have, but I I did <laughs> like if they said that to me, they're like, "I'm not afraid of anything." I'd be like, "You aren't afraid of like choking to death." You aren't afraid of, you know, the person you love most dying in front of you. And most people will be like, oh, well, that's not a real fear. Like, that's just, and they, they try and talk out of it. Or I had a few people who were like, no, I'll burn to death. And I'm like, okay, but your bodily responses <laughs> would kick in. Yes, you, and would, you would become fearful. <laughs> yeah, so, no, I definitely, fun story how I would try and make these kids feel bad. Yeah. Only a psychopath says they're not afraid of something. Well, and even so, I was just thinking about that, like, because fear comes from your most primal, like, lizard brain. It's not, like, a compassionate emotion or a anything. So do even, like, psychopaths or sociopaths feel fear? Something for me to research later. I, I think they would because I think, I think your body is doing it more than your brain. Sometimes yeah. it is your brain. Like anxiety is your brain thinking these things over and over again, which yeah. is triggering your bodily fear response. Mm-hmm. Whereas it should be the other way, right? Uh, anyway. That your brain tells your body what to do? Yeah. Yeah, I would be afraid of drowning or burning to death or getting in a car crash and lying in agony alone or any yeah. of those very normal like accident death yeah. Pain, violent things. or a painful death. Yeah, or worse, the time before you die, like getting kidnapped and tortured. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's the thing that happens. That's a real fear. It is a real fear. As a woman, as an adult woman who has to live my life alone for, mm-hmm. you know, at least a little bit, it is always in the back of my mind. Well, yeah, and you're you're brought up to be aware of, you know, walk to your car with your keys between your fingers so you can, you know, stab someone with your keys if you have to. And like all these little, I don't know, coping mechanisms that are supposed to keep women safe. And it's like, we just have this low level fear taught into us because mm-hmm. there's a very real threat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I sometimes lay awake at night and be like, if someone was going to do this, this is what I would do. Mm-hmm. And I do these little scenarios about like hurting the people who are trying to hurt me mm-hmm. and these weird, weird little tableaus I have in my mind. Oh, and that's how she goes to sleep. And at that's night. how I go to sleep at night, <laughs> pretending I just wreck someone, even though I am bodily much smaller than like most ad- adults. Yeah. I don't know. I'm glad. Like, I I definitely have thought about those things and do on occasion, but I'm pretty good at not, like, letting my thoughts dwell in scary places, especially at night. I'm like, yeah, I'm not asking for nightmares here. Yeah. No, thank you. I, I've developed some pretty solid coping mechanisms mm-hmm. for whenever I know I'm afraid or I don't want to be afraid anymore. Yeah. And I will say, I think it's my mother's influence, but my main one is to just watch TV, watch something happy on TV, Mm -hmm. and the fear goes away pretty fast. Yes. Emotions are temporary states. Mm Mm-hmm. But yeah, fear is very real. It elicits a very real physical response. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to, to do some research about it and learn more. Uh, I do want to look into phobias and treatments for phobias. Um, yeah. I'm sure there are other, like, categories for fear. Because, you know, 
I don't think the fear of an animal, like a jump scare fear, is the same as the fear of losing someone you love. Like, I feel like there might be different categories. Right. Well, that's why I think it's more like in terms of fear or anxiety. Mm-hmm. Mm, I don't know. But like a phobia is like, you know, diagnostically, statistically, you are having this response. on your life. Yeah. And it's it's a disorder Mm because it's in the diagnostic statistic manual, whatever. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. There are fears and there are phobias and there are anxieties. And some level of that is normal and what everyone Some level of that is not. Yeah. I would say I had a... Well, let's let's have an anxiety episode and we'll talk about that later. Never mind. We'll hold back. Okay. Hold back. I'm going to talk about other fears. Like, what about fear-seeking behavior? I recently was able to discover that I do kind of like the bigger rides at amusement parks. Yeah, and to it get is, that adrenaline rush. Yeah, and it is straight up fear. <laughs> I mean, it's the same reason people watch scary movies, because mm-hmm. you like that, like, oh my god feeling. Yep. Because if it's in a controlled setting, like, it's exciting, and it can be fun if you're into that sort of thing. I am. <laughs> I'd say I'm, like, 50-50. I'll do a... A big or a medium-sized ride. I can be kind of a baby about scary movies, though. No, I I think now I'm not not super baby about the rides, and I've always loved scary movies. Yeah. I watched The Conjuring 2 last night, and I'd say there was some good disturbing imagery in that. Some silly disturbing imagery. Didn't give you nightmares? No, and it, it didn't give me nightmares, surprisingly enough. Or if it did, I don't remember them, so. Yeah. See, I I enjoy scary movies a little bit, but I'm very aware of, like, if I watch it before bed, I have to have a palate cleanser, or I will probably have a bad dream. I don't think watching scary movies gives me nightmares. Yeah. Like, I've I've definitely had lots of nightmares, Mm -hmm. but I don't think any of them have been related to scary movies. I think I had, like, a zombie dream one time when I was a little kid, Mm -hmm. but I don't remember watching zombie movies as a little kid, (laughs) you know? You got desensitized at an early age, though. Maybe. To the violent imagery. I did, but I don't think I've ever had, like, like, I definitely get scared laying in bed at night. I'll be like, quit popping up in my mind. Stop. And then I'll have to do something else. But I don't think it pops up in my dreams. Hmm. Well, that's nice. Yeah. No, my my nightmares are like the sense of something bad that is going to happen. Right. That dread. Yeah, but I don't think I generally ever see it. We have many places to go with this fear discussion. I think we should do it in future episodes. <laughs> okay, we'll we'll do some more research about this, and we'll get back to you guys about the different facets of fear and anxiety and how they affect different people. And since we are just starting this general topic, you have time to get back to us with your feedback, if you would be so kind. Everybody is afraid of something different. Like, definitely some experience you have had feeds into your fears, usually things that happen when you're young. Yeah. And that leads into a lifelong fear. Like, it it definitely happened to you, happened to me. I'm sure it happens to most people. So you have something specifically in your past that makes you afraid as an adult. And I want to know what it is. Yeah, let's dig into that. What are you afraid of? Why? What happened to you? (laughs) Who hurt you as a child? What movie? What 
family vacation, what jump scare, <laughs> let us know. Yes, you can send us that feedback to gstbfbf at gmail.com or we're on Instagram at gstbfpod. Awesome. Well, go ahead and put a check mark next to another ending of a specific episode and starting a general topic. Yeah. We did it. Here we are. Fear. General. And we don't know what the specific topic will be next time, so tune in next time. Find out. This has been Generally Specific Topics Between Friends. Best friends. It's a podcast. Hi, I'm Becca. (laughs) And I'm Katie. I almost forgot my line. (laughs) (sighs) And welcome to generally specific topics between friends. Best friends. We're doing it all wrong. (laughs)